another edition here of the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Randy Zellia with BackSportsPage.com. And Rita Rivera with Level 1 Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey. How does that intro get longer and longer every week, Randy? Listen, I the goal was to have the first hour just commercials and intros. <laughs> it's and it's just, all going to be intro from now on, guys. So just prepare yourself. It's going to be weird little music and pictures of us talking. You're never going to hear us talk anymore. <laughs> our interview, 18 minutes long. Our promos and intro, 35 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's going to be like an Undertaker match, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like the ultimate warrior. You run to the ring. You just saw the show. It was over, ladies and gentlemen. And then, yeah, and gonna, then the I'm, bell yeah, I'm just going to start shaking the rope, and that's it. I'm, I'm out, man. End of interview. And make, and make millions. And make millions. Well, listen, enough banter, because we have a very, very special guest. I was so excited to get him on. This is the legendary Marty Jones. He's a trainer of William Regal. An amazing wrestler himself. What a storied career he has. Listen, we we talk a lot and we can talk a lot, Randy, but let's let's dive into this interview because I'm excited as hell to hear what, what he has to say. Let's do it, baby. Enough of us jabbing. Here's Marty Jones. All right, we're back here on the Cup for Wrestling Podcast. Honored and privileged to have like a living legend with us on the show. Marty Jones is with us from the UK. Marty, thank you so much for giving us some time. We really appreciate it. No problem at all. So, Marty, I, I, I now Em is Em and I are both very excited to have you here, and I'm like getting to the point because you have trained so many uh, young, so much young talent in this business. But you're more than just a trainer. You have such a um, historic background in the ring. When did you discover your love for professional wrestling, and when did you also act on that love? Well, it was by accident. I think it's a well-known fact now that um, it was from the school days when I was uh, a young toddler. I had a bit of an accident. So that's why I wear glasses. And my, my little tricycle bike went into a wall and I got a piece of wire in my eye. And briefly, I'm, not a lot of people know this, I'm blind in one eye which never determined me wrestling or whatever. Really? But the, but the problem is, when you're at school, kids can be a bit spiteful. And I wasn't the sharpest knife in the, in the drawer at school, but I loved my sports and things like that. And then the kids used to start picking on you, like Milky Bar Kid or Clarence or Specky. Or, and then I used to get into one, two fights, which surprised all the teachers and... Anyway, I used to uh, do okay at fighting, and uh, my dad actually took me to a wrestling school in our hometown. And my mother was a hairdresser, and you're all synonymous with Billy Robinson. Well, Billy Robinson was from my hometown, and he knew my father, and Billy Robinson's mother was also a hairdresser. So there was, there was like... Not opposition, they were friends with two different shops. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad took me down to Billy Robinson's gym really to, con to control my temper. And then we did Olympic wrestling, catch this, catch can wrestling. And I did that from the age of six, seven, and I went all the way to 17. And there's a few myths about Billy Robinson. 
all these people that said they got trained by Billy Robinson as a pro wrestler, I can quite honestly tell you it's not true. Billy Robinson, he may have run some amateur catch-and-scratch-can seminars in the, in America or wherever, because we never had those in our day in, you know, years gone by, seminars. And I'm not going to name them, but there's one or two that are on the WWE or WWF and say Billy Robinson trained them. They went to his seminars. They went to his catch-as-catch-can camps. But Billy Robinson, if you ever mention professional wrestling to Billy Robinson, he'd just throw you out of the gym. It was a bad word. He didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> wow. So he taught us that one year, there was 11 different categories in the British Wrestling Association, and you had to win the Northern Counties to get to the the finals. And in one year, the year of the Munich Olympics, I think it was, I don't forget, 65 or something like that. Out of the 11 weights, our little wrestling club won seven championships. And then when And then when they picked the team to go to the Olympics. And let's get one thing straight. Great Britain would have got just wiped the floor with it. We're not like the Russians or like America. They have it in the colleges and things like that. Nobody ever did amateur catch wrestling. But it's it's famous for your gyms in Wigan, like Billy Riley's gym and that type of gym. Mm-hmm. And Billy Robinson then, as I said, he, he was a fantastic guy and a fantastic wrestler. And he went on his travels to Japan and everything. And I thought to myself, it's all right traveling up and down the country for all these little medals. I thought that wrestling, professional wrestling that we saw on television was a a big farce. I thought it was a joke, you know. Uh So Colin Johnson and Billy Robinson's nephew, uh, cousin Jackie Robinson, who was a great wrestler, they ran a little professional school in Bolton in Lancashire. And I jumped on the bus at 17 and went over there. And what I thought was a joke, I got my ass kicked, to be honest. <laughs> but in them days, there was really tough, hard men that was in the business. You couldn't just walk in the business like they do today. Yeah, totally different. Yeah, yeah you had to respect you. In fact, you'd never get in professional wrestling unless you'd come through the amateur ranks or there was a, fam- a family member that introduce you. Well, I was very, very lucky because Billy Robinson, like I say, a lot of you say, oh, this is Billy's, one of Billy's lads. Mm-hmm. So when we're winning the British Championships and being British amateur champion, he stood me in good stead. They, they took to me straight away, if you know what I mean. So I was very, 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 very lucky. So this is when you started your professional career? I started around 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And then I had the chance in my day, uh, we had a lot, we could wrestle, but I'll get onto that later on, but I had the opportunity to go in the German, German tournaments in obviously Germany and all over Europe. And as a wrestler there, one of the biggest mass stars in the world called Mil Mascaras. Yes, yes. And Mil Mascaras, he liked the way I wrestled. And he said, do you fancy coming to Mexico? And I thought he was taking the piss. 
I said, me in Mexico? I said, I've only been wrestling six months. He said, no, I like your style. I said, how do I get there? So he said, uh, you pay your fare there and we'll pay your fare back. Now's the first lesson I learned. You should never, ever pay fare one way because what would happen, you'd get there, they'd use you, and you'd never get your return fare back. Oh, wow. So you'd be stuck there unless you was any good. And the good thing is I was very, very lucky. And Mexico at the time, I'm talking about the old luchadors. I'm talking about Mil Mascaras, Santos. And I was very fortunate to wrestle a guy called Pedro Aguayo. Okay. And Pedro was a big, big name. And we had feuds between the two of us. And there was... We were, we were treated like soccer stars, luchadors over there because the poverty was really bad. You know, it was only like a dollar to go in. Mm-hmm. But we did this feud where he never got beat because Mexicans, they either had the mask off or yes. they had to have the hair cut, you know. Uh-huh. Well, Pedro unfortunately passed away. And so he's, But the thing is, before he was in his prime and we just had that chemistry. And I was there, and I should have been there for three weeks. I ended up there being six months. Six months? Wrestling every night. So uh, they didn't have television as such, but at the Arena Mexico on this particular night, I beat Pedro Aguayo, and they all thought he'd have his hair cut eventually. But uh-huh. he ran out of the stadium, and he went on holiday for two weeks. And there's nowhere to be seen. And they did the storyline that Pedro won't come back. And then they did the story that he was seen and he would have a match with me uh, for the world title, but no air match. Anyway, I beat him for the world title. So then I said to him, let's put the belt on the line and the loser has a haircut as well. Oh, wow. (laughs) So we drew 33,000 people, sold out. So, and to this day, uh, I was like 22, 23. To this day, it was the biggest payday I'd ever got because I got 10% of the gate, but don't tell the tax man that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll never forget it. So that was the start. And then I went back home and I tried all jobs, but I kept getting offers and I was very fortunate. Then we started wrestling in the UK and it was good for me. And it's, wrestling's always been good for me, apart from the last three years where I'm, I'm, I'm convalescing now, to be honest. I've just had a, a knee replacement. There's my crutch. Oh, my God. I'm sorry to hear no, no, it's all right. But there's not many wrestlers that's had three new knees and three. new ankles. So, oh my god, infection keeps coming back in. And they told me last last ten days ago. I know I'm diversing, but when people say to even the surgeon who did my ankle, he said, "I believe you're a wrestler." I said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, "All oh, that wrestling's a joke. It's all fixed, isn't it?" I said, you've just put 60 staples in my knee and you're telling me rest. I said, get out of here for fuck's sake, you know. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing is that 
and I've seen your style particularly. Like uh, a lot of people don't realize how physical and how intense you guys are, especially in, in, in Europe. You know, I, I likened it to uh, what people normally see in, in Japan with the strong style. You guys have like a strong style of your own. You seem very methodical and then explosive, you know, like here comes a European uppercut and here comes the, the small package. You guys are, are intense and that takes a toll on your body. I can only imagine. Yeah, but you've got to remember um, that when British wrestling was on TV every Saturday afternoon, mm -hmm. it used to draw about 15 million viewers. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing was, if you got chemistry like I did with Rollerball Rocco, and I was very fortunate, Rollerball Rocco and Fit Finley, Pete Roberts, Colin Johnson, all Johnny Saints and all these guys. Mm -hmm. I used to wrestle. And don't forget, in them days, we had the holiday camps as well, where, you know, all your top stars from America come to this country. They can work twice a day sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I could be wrestling 10 times a week. What? You know? And then when I went to Japan, that was right up my style. Exactly. Billy Robinson was a big name there. Mm -hmm. And on my second trip, I was very, very fortunate again. I was under the Giants tag partner. Huh. So when it was like Antonio Noki, the guy that, you know, in Oki that fought Muhammad Ali, and Fujinami, who was a great wrestler, it was me and Andre against them two all the time. I mean, I did all the work in the ring. He just put asses on seats <laughs> and died with him. But hell of a character and all the tales about him drinking and this, that, and the other, I'll tell you, they're all true, because I was there, I've seen with my own eyes. Oh, my God. Wow. I totally I, yeah, I was, you know, it's funny, too, because we were doing some research and we saw that you had the opportunity to work with Andre. Um, I'm always fascinated with Andre because of being the way he was. What, as a person, how was he, from you, and how, and like, from your perspective, on how you worked with him, uh, what was that like? Well, you've got to appreciate and I always say this to people. He had a manager called Frank Valvar, mm -hmm. and he wasn't all that. He was getting on a little bit in years, and Andre, wherever he went, especially in Japan, he was just a mega, mega star. When he went on the tube station, he used to say, Marty, what's this? And he used to shout, come bow up, which is welcome, <laughs> and do a bow. And then all the opposite platform with 500 people, but all bow as well. Oh, he says, there you go, 500 backdrops in one day, you know. That's but he was such a character. He never went out until 11, 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> and he didn't really get on with the American guys. He loved the British guys. Every British guy that met up with Andre, because what a lot of people don't know, Andre the Giant, when he was 18 years of age, he was like 18 stone. Uh -huh. That's 14 pounds to the stone, whatever that is. And he came to Wigan, the, 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 the backbone of British wrestling, to learn wrestling. And Andre obviously was French, and he was actually a rugby union player. Really? And mm. he's developed this, let's call it, giantism mm -hmm. and everything. But some of the tales... 
I mean, I was, I'm supposed to be writing a book, and I know I could do it just on a week's adventures with Andrew the Giant. It's just some of the things he did. It was just unbelievable. But as a guy, he, he was very humble to them people he got on with. <laughs> but he, he was in constant pain all the time with his legs. And I don't like saying this, but can you imagine a guy that size, like trying to have a bath or a shower or go to the toilet or whatever, and his knees have gone. But some of the things we did, I'm telling you, unbelievable. Listen, so so you mentioned you're, you're writing a book. Now, I wanted to write a book, mm-hmm. like an autobiography, but I've never got around to doing it. But I think I should do with all the questions and all these podcasts I'm doing and things I, like that, you know. I think so. That, that'd be definitely something I'd want to read because <laughs> I, I, like you don't understand. Since, uh, we, we spoke after uh, we, we did an interview with Kiara and uh, you, you messaged us and I started researching you immediately. Right. And you are a legend. All right. And, and that's I'm not saying that lightly. Like you are a living legend. And, and I'm so well, proud. I wouldn't to have say you. a living legend. What it is. <laughs> It's just that I, I've been there and I've done it and I've met some incredible, incredible, some of the trainers when I was there. I mean, Carl Gotch, Billy Robinson, Dean Malenko. Then I, went, I was fortunate to go to Calgary with Stuart yes. and all the hearts all over Europe and things like that. And you've got to remember this, this business is like fashion. Uh-huh. It comes round again. Yeah, and I respect anybody that gets in the ring who puts a pair, of, invests in a pair of boots for a start, mm-hmm. invests in themselves. And what I mean by that is, I like at the moment because it's just the way I was taught the WWE NXT UK style. Mm-hmm. a lot of good good wrestlers in the uh, let's say Smackdown on Raw but I'm not all that keen on all the storylines yeah that's only me my opinion which I'm entitled to there's some great talent there AJ Styles and Randy Orton and things like that you know wrestling on top of a bus and falling in a big hole and going in a graveyard it's not me it's not wrestling. No, no, it's, it's not. It's cinematic. But I don't listen. They're doing something right, selling WrestleMania out all the time at two and a half thousand, two and a half thousand dollars a ticket. They're doing something right. But the good thing about the NXT UK brand and the NXT brand is depicting two people competing against each other. And so it's a fight. Now, you mark my word, they've been showing wrestling over here in the UK and the NXT brand with no crowds because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mark my word, wrestling is going to go right through the roof again. Oh, yeah. Or oh, it's going to finish, or it's going to finish altogether because nobody's got the money. But in the UK, the tickets, you call them indie shows, mm-hmm. you know. There's been one or two virtual shows. They're not allowed to have a lot of people in at the moment. 
See, I, I do trainee shows at my uh, academy. That means any kid or anybody I put on the show because mm-hmm. they've invested in themselves. And if they're not any good, I shove them in the rumble at the end, as long as it's safe enough. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing better than working in front of a crowd. Exactly. But going back to f- phenomenal coaches, I mean, Dean Malenko, what a guy. Carl Gott, uh, Rick Rogers. And there's a guy, you know, Chris Silvio, who's over there. There's some, and obviously William Regal, and who's very close to me, and Matt Bloom and everything. And I'm, there's one or two of our guys that's gone over to the performance centre and there's one of them getting ready to explode. Really? Uh, but he had an unfortunate accident, you know. He's one of my guys. And I just knew he had it. Mm-hmm. But it's only what I was taught that I'm passing on, which really is a lost art. I like doing proper throws and drop kicks that connect. But when I went to Japan, when people like, Super Tiger and um, Fujiwara, Fujinami, and all them people, Kido, Maeda. You never talked to each other. You didn't plan anything out. But if you didn't watch their match the night before, in fact, if you got talk, if you got found out talking to a Japanese wrestler, you got sacked. Really? Yeah. In public, that is. I used to be lacing me. They used to travel in different buses. They used to have different changing rooms. And the referee used really? to come in and say, Hey, Jonesy son, Jonesy son. I said, What? Go for shit. I said, What? Go, 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 shit. Uh-huh. And I thought, What's he talking about? Then I'd get downstairs in the toilet, and there's my opponent. Oh, very quick, 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 high spot, high spot, quick, quick for me, high spot. Oh, wow. And if you got caught, you got sacked. That is amazing. But you had to watch their match the night before to see what high spot. Well, that's why there's a lot. Go back the years I was there. When they kick you, they kick you. Yeah. But the good thing is you kicked them back. Yeah, you guys felt everything. Yeah. And we knocked shit out of each other. And I did with Finland, I did with Rocco. Unfortunately, that's what's happened now with, with my legs. But some people get away with it, some don't. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm going back to, you know, I wasn't the best at school, like I said, and I see all these people that they message me on Facebook. And I, Do you remember me at school? Oh, yeah, he was that snotty nose kid that didn't... <laughs> What happened to your solicitor job? Oh, I've become a solicitor, but I hate that office work. So how are you doing? Well, I do my seminar. I'm going over to Sweden tomorrow, and then I'm going all around Europe. They've never been outside of Manchester, you know. Yeah, exactly, because you've you've gone everywhere. Like I, I looked at your history, and not a lot of people, like I said, our our audience is very casual. But you you've gone to Germany, you've gone to Japan, Mexico, like you name it, Canada. You name it, you've been there. Yeah, at the time, you know, like I said, I was very fortunate. That that was a business in them days. I mean, I remember a wrestler, a big, a great, great wrestler. You probably know an American wrestler. He's called George Godienko. 
He was built like a brick shithouse and he became like a father to me. On this particular day, he said, will you do me a favour, Marty? He said, will you come with me to the park? And I just hesitated a little bit. I went, <laughs> the park? <laughs> I think I'm a bit too old to be going on swings and, oh, Marty, come to the park, please. <laughs> and I had to say to the guys, is he uh, a bit oody poo? Is he all right? Or, you know, what, what's in if he said he's coming for a beer or something, yeah. Anyway, for him to ask me when I accompany him to the park, I said, yeah, I'll come down. It's a nice day. Well, he was a well-known artist. Well, a lot of people didn't know he was an artist, but he was a very good artist. And he, he sat me down and he said, get hold of that bench. I had one side. And this bench was like, screwed to the floor and we ripped the bench up and we moved it 50 meters that way he said that's it put it there now you sit on the bench <laughs> and he walked away in front of me and he's like this with his hands and, and behind me was a big cathedral so I thought he was going to be painting me or charcoal drawing me. And then he'd have this uh, cathedral in the background. I tell you not, I was sat there for six hours. Six And I was like this. <laughs> not moving, thinking he's drawing me. And I said, can I have a piss call, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have a break. So how's it got? Don't look yet, yeah, don't look. Nearly finished. And then when he was finished, he said, that's it, done. I said, can I have a look? He said, yeah. And there was this magnificent cathedral. <laughs> and I kid you not, I was like a little dot that nobody <laughs> could see. <laughs> And he was using me as like the For scale of yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be a masterpiece like Van Gogh with me on it or something, you know. And I could... <laughs> but, you know, great, great characters, all of them. It was good. And see, obviously that's... at night time when we finished wrestling. In uh -huh. Germany, you see, you did a tournament. Uh -huh. With me being the young guy, I was at the bottom of the league type of thing. But they had these big bald-headed guys in Germany and Jordienko from Canada building from and all these people. And then George Gordienko was going, he was at joint top of the the uh, the table. And they said, only two more matches to go. So you're gonna go on tonight with Marty, who's bottom of the league. So you're gonna win. And the German guy's going to win. And then you two tomorrow for the final day, you know, wins the tournament. Well, George wasn't stupid. He knew that the German guy was going to win. <laughs> so me, that's only had about two or three wins out of 30-odd, even though, remember that great wrestler, Steve Wright? Yeah. You know, me and him tagged a lot together. So this skinny kid went on with George Gordienko. 
He threw me all over the place, dragged, bagged and shagged me all over the place. Boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden he said, take the finish. And I said, what do you mean? He said, get on top of the corner. He's whispering to me. I did a big crossbody off the corner. He went down. The referee's gone, one, two. <laughs> About three seconds later, he went, three. <laughs> the crowd went crazy, but the promoter did his fucking nut because he's lost. Oh. So that made the German guy the winner. And George just said, have you got me money? And he didn't do the final day. He went home. That's crazy. <laughs> he put me over. He put me over a million dollars. You know. Uh-huh. Wow. But no, there's loads of talent. The miles that these guys do. You know. But moving to the modern day, it's a. I can say it's like fashion. It's come all the way around again. Yeah. But this myth about it's entertaining, yeah. But all, I'll tell you something. You've talked about my gym before. If anybody in my gym slaps the leg, like a leg slap to get the yeah. sound, uh-huh. yeah, they show on the door. Do they honestly think that our, our punters, our public is stupid? Yeah, that's become a, a big thing. That's oh, a big thing. The leg there was slap. a match on the other day, uh, W. Uh, NXT UK. Did you watch it? The A Kid against Tyler Bates. No, I, I must have if, missed that. Well, if you get a chance to watch it, watch it. Okay. That was just like the world of sports style again, working a hold, throwing some big throws in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched some of them. I might get in trouble for this, but I'm not uh, bothered. Awesome. <laughs> it's like I watched the Street Profits the other week. Uh huh. Immense talent. Yeah. Immense talent. Really, really immense talent, right? But it's not for me what they do. And they'll tell you why. They came down the ramp and they're clapping and they're turning to the left and they're turning to the right and they're clapping and they're going on top of the corner post. Yeah, come on. Let's go. There's no crowd there. Exactly. <laughs> Are we stupid? Yeah, I see that a lot nowadays. They're 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 playing to the crowd that's not there. They're looking right. to the left, they're looking to the right. There's no one there but the camera. At that point, well, just why look don't at the you camera. play to the camera? Exactly. Well, why don't you why don't you wrestle a wrestling match so the people can see that these two people are ripping each other's head off? Exactly. That's and, what it's all about. It was a golden opportunity to go back to the world of sports style. Mm-hmm. Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko, you know, Triple H and all them guys against Bastita. Yeah. They don't do the crowd up. Shawn Michaels, great wrestler. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the one I, I grew up watching. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. Can you name me any move that Shawn Michaels does? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. Yeah, you can. What's his finish? His finish is the <laughs> super kick. Yeah, he got the inverted uh, atomic drop. He's got the elbow off the top rope. He's now you're struggling now, aren't you? 
<laughs> what I'm saying is, Randy Orton. Mm. I wrestled his dad in, in Calgary, Bob Orton. Uh-huh. Right? All these were, it was an honor to do these things. I went on, me and Dynamite Kid, we tagged together when I was in, in Calgary. And one night we did a cage match with um, John Foley as our manager. And we was on with Terry and Dory Funk. And I thought well, I was going to get ripped to shreds. And then all of a sudden Dynamite goes on top of the corner, on top of this cage. And you know when John Foley and uh, Mick Foley did the big elbow off the top of the cage? Did he do the headbutt? No, when he came off on top of the... Uh, oh, the helmet When Mick Foley came off with the elbow onto the on commentator's table. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Well, Dynamite did that on Dory Funk. I think me and Owen Hart was uh, tagging at the time and he was outside the ring. He climbed up top of the stair, top of the cage and jumped off with a pair of cowboy boots on. What? Dory Funk was across me. Dory Funk moves legitimately because he didn't know he was coming. And I get this size nine cowboy boot in my chest. What? Nearly killed me. I couldn't breathe for a minute. Jeez. These are things that happened, you know. And, but yeah. Cal- Calgary was a great place to wrestle with all the hearts. Yeah, they were, they were terrific talents. I and mean, it was the anniversary yesterday of Owen passing yeah. away. Oh, my God. Was it really yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. But I had a match in the UK, and I, I tell your viewers, if you get chance to watch it, I hadn't wrestled Owen Hart for two years, and he came to the UK, and I was on a live TV show. And what they did in the UK, they didn't have all these booms and all these cameras. They just filmed it, and that was it. <laughs> and like I say, it was our, our shop window. Because all the punters, they used to watch it, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, religiously at four o'clock. And, oh, if he was on, there were six matches. They did three one Saturday and three the next. So if he was second match, he was top of the bill, top of the card. So if he was the fifth match, he was top of the card for the, the week after. Uh-huh. Well, we were second. I was champion. Owen Hart was flying in. Anyway, the weather was bad. So instead of him coming into London and getting a flight up, we got him to come to Manchester, which is nearer than a flight from Manchester to Bradford. He wasn't there for the second match. Simple as that. Okay. So he said, I'm going to put your fifth match and hope he's going to be here. He's supposed to be on his way. He's going to be... Lo and behold, intermission's on, he's still not here. The fourth match is on, and he walks through the door with his wrestling gear on. He put his gear on in the taxi. Wow. All of a sudden, shook hands, how are you doing? The music's on. We went in and wrestled, and I hadn't wrestled him, you know, two years ago was the last time I wrestled him. And we had a guy, you know, you, you, you get Jim Ross and people like that. We had a guy called Kent Walton. 
Mm-hmm. He was the voice of wrestling. Whatever he said, everybody believed, you know. He was the voice of the wrestling. And he actually said, this is the best wrestling match I've ever commentated on. Really? Now, if he said Marty Jones is going to take his leg off in a minute and then hit him over the head with the soggy end, they'd believe it. Because whatever he said, he was very, very good. And to this day, everybody said it's one of the best matches. All because of that guy saying that. And it was a good match. Uh-huh. And I urge your I urge your listeners, and I said viewers and listeners, to go on to YouTube and watch Owen Hart and myself. Not because it's me, but it just depicted what we're trying to achieve. Exactly. And that's the thing. Uh, guys... Seriously, go on YouTube and check that out. Owen Hart and Marty Jones. Yeah. Definitely. And I've said a lot. Have you any questions? Pardon? I said, have you got any questions for me? Oh, oh yeah. Randy's, Randy's. I was about to say, you mentioned <laughs> you were mentioning Owen, and you also had the opportunity to work with his brother, Brett. Uh, you know, again, a storied career, not only in WWE, but famous across the world, especially in the UK. Uh, your experiences of working with Brett, what are some of your memories you have? Well, all the hearts of talented people, you know. And I honestly believe that Brett was the bigger name because of what he did. And, you know, and all the family were really, really good to me. And obviously, Davey Boy Smith, when he was a young kid with Dynamite, I was the one that took him all around. He couldn't drive. So I've always had a, a good you know, relationship with them all. But one or two things went sour a little bit at the end of the career, but we'll just put that down to a bad experience. But as far as wrestling talent was concerned, I actually thought Brett was superhuman. He was good. And his one, he's wrote it in his book, actually. I was on with Brett at the Stampede. And we... Used to get stuck, and I, it was a big 22 foot ring. That one, and then I turnbuckled him, but I did it that hard, he didn't have a chance to turn around and his back going, so he went in on his chest, and the crowd just popped. Mm-hmm. And He'll tell you, he kept that in his act all the time, going in frontwards because it was different, it wasn't the normal, it was different, and people remembered that. Unfortunately, I don't know the politics and I don't want to get involved, but I thought that Owen would have been the better wrestler of the two. But for some unknown reason, they put him in a mask. Now, whether there was some friction, I just honestly, I don't want to get drawn into any politics, but it must have been an idea, something wrong there where a young, good-looking kid, they shoved him in a mask, you know what I mean? Yeah, because Owen was one of my favorites growing up. It was Shawn Michaels, yeah, but it was, Owen Hart. Listen, all of them. I mean, look at Natalie now, Natalia. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, she's been the flagship of that business. She trains the girls now. And we used to go on what we call the loop. Uh-huh. Saskatoon, Regina, and all the way around. And Jim Nidart was there, another character. And then you had all the guys on the show. I mean, I love Canada. I loved it. I mean, Davy Boy, it's like, and Harry Smith now, he's an immense talent. He must be in the water that they drink there or something. I don't know. Really 
<laughs> yeah, they are super tough and talented up there in, in Canada. Yeah. So I, I wanted to transition a little bit away from, from all of this and get onto your school. I, I've yeah, yeah. been super impressed because um, as the listeners know, I, I trained to be a professional wrestler when I was a, a teenager, but I didn't make it far. I went to work. So I've been watching your training videos. And one of them that in, impressed me, and I got a little jealous, I'm not going to lie, was one where you had two young men. They were, they were maybe 12 years old. And it was just catch as catch can. They were they were in the ring and everybody's watching. And I was just blew my mind. From everything that I've seen, you are an amazing wrestling coach. You teach these kids the right way. You teach adults the right way. Could you tell me a little bit about your training technique and how everybody could find you if they want to be a pro wrestler? You know that them two teenagers that you're talking about. Yeah. One of them is a girl. What? And I'll tell you it is. Her name's Eleanor. Uh-huh. Right? And she is a granddaughter of the British legend Big Daddy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? And she came to a, my gym when she was about 12, uh-huh. really to carry the legacy on, you know? Uh-huh. But what you've got to do, you've got to treat this business... With respect. See, there's a lot of people, as soon as you come through that door, even to step into a wrestling ring takes some doing. Mm-hmm. Get through the through the ropes. It's like if there's a field with loaded cows and horses in it. How do you jump over the fence? Mm-hmm. So we start off the right way. And we do a lot of cardio. And when they want to pack in, if you're not going to be... I mean, I'll tell you a little story. I went to the dojos in Japan. Uh-huh. I'll just say you want to start wrestling again, right? Uh-huh. You'd go to the dojo, and people think I'm talking crazy, but it's true, I was there. And this is what knackers your legs up. Uh-huh. Do you used to get an old, retired Japanese wrestler, and you get some chalk and draw around your feet. And you can have a bottle of water or whatever inside of you. Now, you can stop if you want, but they ask you to go to the toilet. You come back, it draws around your feet. Please observe. And all the training is going on. And in Japan, they do it right. Yeah. But like all these guys, it's enough to put you off training. You What do you want to do all this for? Because they're not knocking shit out of each other. <laughs> but once he says start, the old... Japanese guys got one of them little clickers, you know, counter, click, 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 click. Oh. And you've got to do a thousand squats. Yeah. A thousand, not ten or a hundred, a thousand, thousand squats. squats. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And you can stop. But if you do 999 and fall over, they ask you to come back when you can do a thousand squats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In other words, you've got to respect the dojo. You've got to respect that you're good enough to go in. All these Charlies that I get, I'm seven foot tall, yeah. I've done MMA, yeah. I've done this, I've done that, I've done the other. And you know they're talking bullshit because a good athlete won't tell you how good they are. For sure, right? Just keep your mouth shut and get in there and do it. Now, the good thing is I've got a premises there 
And I've got some really, there's no egos there. There's nobody, they all help each other. And that girl, Kiara, mm-hmm. she travels like three hours in a car to come with me. Really? Really? Yeah. I only spoke to her today, and I don't know her true colours yet. But somebody's train, somebody's travelling three hours to come and train with you, three hours back again. Now she's doing a few little shows at the moment because we've got to be a bit careful because of the pandemic at the moment. Yeah. If yeah. you're allowed three hundred people and you can only have a hundred people in at the moment, mm-hmm. but it's not all clear at the moment. You're just lifting all the bands. But she's very pretty. She's well-spoken. She wipes her feet before she gets in the ring. She's nowhere near the finished article like nobody's ever the finished article in this business. You never, ever stop learning. But if you show your opponent respect, you know, and you teach them, I've got five or six girls there. I've got my, my seminar that's coming up on Friday the 13th in August. Yeah. This is a Friday and a Saturday. I've got a little hotel up the road. I don't know what $30, it's £30, $30, whatever it is, to stop over. Well, this is the plan. They all meet. I've got some Italians coming. I've got some Irish coming. I've got some Germans coming. We've got them coming from all over. And me, Johnny Saint, and a guy called Tucker from WWE, him... His girlfriend, they're coming over. She's a wrestler. And I don't even work a card out. We just drill them for four hours training. They all, put, they all meet and they all put the ring up. When the ring's done, they have a break. Then we do four-hour seminar. Then they have a break. And then I've got enough knowledge up here. I'm going to put him on with him. I'm going to put him on with Randy. That's one match. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do another match. And if I've got some good talent, that's another match. And to be fair, even if they're shit, but safe, I give them that big opportunity where they can go in the rumble at the end. And it's surprising. Then the next day, I go to another venue and do exactly the same. Because they call, you know, weekend seminars. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Okay. And then yeah, they go on to bigger things. Now, Kiara, uh-huh. and there's a girl called Rio, there's Heidi Katrina. She's well-known in the States, Heidi Katrina. She goes to Japan quite a lot. Really? I mean, Heidi's a stunning-looking girl, but apart from that, she's a real badass, a mean buggy, you know what I mean? She's uh-huh. strong. She does a lot up in uh, Michigan and that area. Okay. But I just I get a buzz from passing a bit of my knowledge on to these people. And I can't reckon I can recommend people for tryouts. Mm-hmm. And I'm normally quite good because I know what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Especially the NXT UK. Yeah. Yeah, because that's gotten very big over there, right? Very big, yeah. I can only imagine how big it's become over there at this point in time. Because yeah. I, I also saw a video uh, on your, I think, Facebook, where a girl, Jessie, came on, and you were coaching her 
through some moves and just the way you instructed her, like to, to me, like I said, I, I get jealous watching this stuff because I wish that I had somebody like you training me back then. I don't think I would have left the business, but you're sitting there and you're, you're, you're telling her exactly how to do the moves, how to fall. How was to that react. the one where she went back on her head on into a bridge? I believe it was. This was probably, uh, this was last week you, you posted it. Yeah. Well, that girl, Jess. Uh-huh. Jesse. Yeah, Jesse Jackson. She's actually, uh, it's a bit unique. She travels over two hours to be with us. Uh-huh. She's only been wrestling 12 months. But I wanted her to get, do you know when she vaulted over the top rope, then did, did a back roll? Went yes. to the middle, then she went back on her head. Uh-huh. That because she did that in the morning. Now it usually takes a bit longer than that. A lot of people have got the fear factor going back on their head into a bridge. Mm-hmm. Now she hasn't had a pro match for me yet. So that's going to be her entrance when she comes into the ring. Really? Oh, yeah. She's going to jump over the top rope. She's going to do a back roll. She's going to stand in the middle and she's going to go back on her head. And she's going to flip up, do a curtsy, and then she's just going to go, number one. That's it. <laughs> and I'll know then whether she's over or she's not. And there's a big word that I use, and I'm dead proud of this word. Different. Yes. I want people to be different. I'll give you a little instance. This time last year, I was in America. Mm-hmm. And I went to... Uh, a few f- really good places. I went for Xavier Justice up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then I went down to Clearwater for Chris Silvio. And I went for, is it um, Evolve, Gabe Traborski. Okay. And then I went here and the, I went to a fantastic facility, the Monster Factory with Danny Cage. They looked after me good styles, like they all did. Then I went to the performance centre, which just blew my mind. And uh, Matt Bloom took me around. There was a guy called Luke Menzies. He's known as Rich Holland. He's my star pupil at the moment. He's just got signed 12 months from NXT, from England. He's training there, but he's had a really bad accident. He's got his knee and he's... Anyway, he's convalescing, but... He's ready for coming back. Oh, and this good. kid's going to be, he's built like a brick shit house, next rugby player. Mm-hmm. And it was great to see him doing well. And I'm going to go back this year to do all them places again. <laughs> Plus, there's a, you'll probably know the late, great Randy Wayne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, his good lady and his son. And a guy called, he's a great wrestler. He's called, uh, he goes under the name of King Cash or some other name. Okay. And they've asked me to go to their place. So I'm doing like a mini tour. And I love it because I can go to all these places, pass my style on. I'm hoping to see Fred Ottman with Tugboat because he's a good friend of mine on Facebook. And obviously Rick Rogers go to the performance centre, hopefully meet up with William Regal again. And 
they look after me, but it's something I like doing. Because when you're getting on a little bit in the business and you know through injury, but I can sit on a chair and coach a lot of people, you know, just by, well, like you said, you saw it yourself. So, but like I say, it's different. And as I went over there, just said it was 30 30 trainees Mm -hmm. and you paired them up. So that's 15 trainees. I'll bet anybody, I'm letting the cat out of the bag by doing this interview, to be honest. But I'm telling you, I'll say, right, guys, you take an arm. I don't know who you are. You take an arm on him. Now, whether it's shit or good, I'll say, very good. Right, you take an arm on him with his partner. And I'll bet you they do exactly the same as what he's just done. Mm-hmm. So there's 30 people, 15 couples, and they're all taking the arm the same way. They're all taking the head the same way. Now, you two guys aren't stupid. Nine times out of ten, it's headlock. Throw them into the rope, tackle, go again, sleep, internationally, Iptos. Every night. And if there's five, six, seven, eight matches, if you ever get stuck what to do on these indie shows at the moment, just stick your head out under the bottom rope and say, what should we do next? Because the audience will tell you. Yeah, basically. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's become a formula. Yeah, it it really is a formula at this point. Listen, but I don't want to keep you too much, and we appreciate that. You don't know how honored we feel to have you on this podcast. Well, like, listen, when we try to get this on, I, I, I get some people that come on and they, they want to talk about themselves and their promotion and all that. I mean, I can speak, as you can probably guess, all day long, but what I tell you is the truth. Definitely. I mean, a lot of people say, well, as you... A lot of people don't know the difference. What I'm trying to say, I met, I was in Japan and they called me in the office. Uh-huh. And it was Jake the Snake and uh, all them guys were on. And they said, in them days, it was like six matches. Uh, sorry, three. How long was it on? Like a month when you went, it's all. And they said, would you like to stop for another two weeks? I thought, two weeks? Yeah, I'm a single guy. There's no reason why not. I said, why? He says, well, the WWF are coming over to Japan. Well, WWF and Japanese wrestling were both different ends of the scale. They didn't have gimmick men and they didn't have all that. And on the tour... Was Chief Chief Jay Strongbow, Nikolai Volkov, Andre was already there, I was already there, Buffalo Brown, right, mm-hmm. Bob Buckland, Tony Garcia, Tony Garcia, <laughs> and it's a good team, and that's what I meant where I met. Vince McMahon Sr., Vince McMahon's dad. The dad, yeah. And he said to me, right, 
This was 60 years ago. Uh, sorry, 50 years ago. 50 years ago. Wow. No, it was about 48 because I'm 67 now and it was like, yeah, when I was 20 on. Would you like to come to America? What? There's my card. Give me a call anytime. You want to come to America? I said, I'm not going to America with all that bullshit. <laughs> Probably one of the biggest mistakes he ever did. Because at that time, there wasn't a right lot of English people. Tony Charles, um, Judo Al Hayes. They were the British lads. Yeah, there weren't many back then. No. And that's what I'm saying. It's all about fashion. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Some of them girls, they're a lot better than the guys. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I keep telling people that. Don't don't sleep on uh, on some of those female wrestlers. I'm old-fashioned, and sometimes it gets me in trouble. You know what I mean? Because I can't understand why people have got all jewellery on and things like that and things around the neck and... And all the gear that they're, they're attired that they wear, he's got all studs all over the place. I think it's just an accident ready to happen. You know what I mean? But some of the storylines are good. Some are crap. But it's that myth about professional wrestling. And I, I'll never, ever forget. Have you any grandchildren? He? Randy, have you got any children? Randy? Yeah, he has one. I think he's trying to talk to one right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, sorry about that. Yeah, I had one of, my, one of my little ones trying to talk to me while we're doing this interview. I apologize. No problem, no problem. What I'm trying to say about wrestling, it's like MMA fighting. You watch it. And the top 12 MMA fighters... They're very good in their own right. All them are top catch wrestlers. They've got a wrestling background. And the things that gets me is, do you know the Olympics? It's one of the oldest sports wrestling. I'm going to tell you a little insight now and you're going to laugh at me. Wrestling in the Olympics, right? They're pulling it out. And they're pulling it out because it's boring. It's not a moneymaker. The only people that go are the competitors, wives and girlfriends and families. It doesn't draw any people. It might do in Japan because it's like a bit of a national sport. And guess what they're replacing it with? Well, Now, this is a first. Mark my word. They're going to replace Olympic wrestling, the oldest sport in the world. Have you any idea what you're going to replace it with? I hope it's pro wrestling. <laughs> no. <laughs> what are they replacing it with? Break dancing. What? I'm Street out. dancing. I'm out. Are you kidding me? Honestly. You watch this space. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, and I don't, think the, I don't think the Olympics will take place this year anyway. Yeah, I was I was uh, wondering that because it's in Japan this year and yeah. they're having a bit of an outbreak and a inoculation yeah. issue over there. 
Uh, New Japan just stopped uh, shows. I think they just started yesterday or oh, this morning. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope it, but, it, it but, does. But going back to NXT UK, yes, I am proud of it where a, a lot of guys come from a gym. There's a guy called Saxon Upfleet, Sam Gradwell, Connors, you know, and people like that. Mm-hmm. They've all passed through my gyms and they've passed through other gyms as well. But they're all down respectable people where they'll go and train at other gyms, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple of girls that have been as well. A French girl, Myla, Myla Smith and Aifi and all that. But they... These are the what dedicated ones that go around to other gyms and try and pick your brains. Yeah. And it's the thing that gets me, and I think I know what it is. You get bucket lists what you'd like to do. And yes, I've got a few wrestling colleagues and people that I know, they're actually at the performance center. Mm-hmm. But because of my legs. I know I can still do it, but they like you to be able to get in the ring and do it, which I don't believe that. That's just me. Yeah, no. You can tell somebody to paint or do this and drive or whatever, but I would like to go to the performance centre and do them drills that you mentioned and show people that side of it. Yeah. Because it's one thing about the UK and NXT. You've got Ruby Brookside. You've got a guy called Johnny Moss, mm-hmm. James Mason, William Regal, Northern Smiley. And the, the list is endless. And they're all British. Yeah. So that lot. tells you the British style is the best. Yeah. Like I said earlier, it's hard-hitting, it's athletic, it's explosive. Yeah. And, and I know that American audiences, I've said this before, they're like, no matter what the Americans do, they want it times 10, don't they? They they exaggerate, let's say. Yeah. But now we're wrestling, I think they're not buying it as much as they used to because they're slowly getting educated. Hey, these two guys are ripping each other's head off. Exactly. These two guys are doing this, that, and the other. These girls, wow, she's a badass bitch. I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> you know? I've mentioned Natalia, but things like Rick Flair, Charlotte Flair. When Charlotte Flair comes down that ramp and the curtains open and you see her magnificent gowns, you know she's invested money in herself. Nowadays, a lot of these indie shows, you'll get a skinny kid like that where half the women in the audience can splatter them and they come out with a vest on, a lollipop, and they're out like that. <laughs> it just doesn't do me. It's a business, you know? Yeah, you have to invest in yourself. Yeah. yeah. Some you money. ask me anything you want now. Go on. But... <laughs> Like I said, we, we can't take too much of your time. I would love to have you back on because I think that we just scratched the surface with you. You oh, have yeah. so much to teach us. And, I, and to me, I can sit here for another three hours and, and listen to you regale me with, with, with Dale. Let me get another done. drink. It's only 
It's only Dandelion and Burdock, if you ever heard of that book. <laughs> no, but listen, I, I, I want to thank you because we, yes. we have to close down the episode. I want to invite you back. I want to invite you back. I want to hear more about your, your seminars. I want to see how it goes in, in August. So I want like a progress report. I want to show people what you're capable of doing and what, Marty, uh, what's the name of the school? It's called Squared Circle Wrestling Academy. Squared Circle Wrestling Academy, guys. So if it's, you in all, be- it's in it's in in Oldham, Manchester. Go on Facebook. Uh, look me up. It's on there, and we've got a, a YouTube page, and we do take foreign people in. We get them coming over for a week at a time, and we've got a hotel. We've got we all help each other. You know what I mean. So, but what we can do next time, if you wish. Definitely. I like these so-called smart asses that come on <laughs> who think they've done this and done that. Um, as long as you show me a bit of respect, I show them respect. We can do a questions and answers. It's, it's hilarious sometimes, okay. some of the questions they ask you, you know. Definitely. We can do that. Do that. And like I said, I look forward to, to speaking with you again. This was a... This made my day, my week, my month probably because, uh, again, I, I personally, I look up to you and I, I but it's not be, that issue. You've got passion for the business. It's like me. I exactly. want to put something back in there. And I'd like to thank you, Em and Randy, for giving me the shout. I think your communication skills are shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but, but, but we eventually got it on. Just remember, five hours difference. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny, uh, Marty? Before I let you go, I had to mute the mic. This always happens to me if I have a. a an interview around this time, the church bells across the street start going off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All you hear is like, dang, dang, ding, ding. Look, I, I live in New York City. This is the, the sound of the city outside my window. I can't help it, unfortunately. Well, here. apparently, apparently, maybe you can tell me, there's a wrestling school in New York, isn't there? Uh, yeah, there's one uh, downtown. Um, yeah. There's oh, a young lady who, when I did the seminar at uh, Danny Cage's place, uh-huh. I can't remember a name. It begins with M, but it, it's like a Russian name, like Molly, Molly Merzik or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she keeps in touch. And she and a guy, they travel to Philadelphia and they wanted me. So when I do this tour that I'm trying to do, what they do very quickly, they all chip in with the airfare. Okay. I go there, they put me up in a hotel. They get the students, they charge them, they give me a little bit of something, they get something, I go on to the next town. And New York is actually on the list to do next time. Really? So if I can get all these people and it does happen to come off, there's no reason why you two can't come and do your show from there, you know? No, definitely. I, I, I love the idea. 1,000%, yeah. I would love that. All right, all the best to you both and uh, keep up the good work. Definitely. Thank you so much, appreciate it. All Thank right. You. Thank yeah, you. I'll ahead. cut you loose. I don't know how to do it, but I'll cut you loose. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. Take care. All right. That was Marty Jones. And I, you know, and you and I could have had him on for at least another two hours. He's forgotten more professional wrestling than we will ever know. Dude, he is the type of person that I will sit down and just listen to. Like, I, I didn't want to interrupt him at all. Like, I had so many questions. And I said, look, look I had a whole list of stuff. And I said, screw this. I'm going to let him talk. 
because everything that he was saying was infinitely more entertaining than any question I could have come up with. So, like I said, I would, I'm not going to lie to you. I was awestruck, like, and I don't get awestruck often. This dude truly is a legend. has been around where, wherever you can name it, he's been there, right? So, and I, I said it in the interview, I really, I'm saying it now again. I, I really hope he, he sits down and writes a book. I, I, I would definitely read it. 100%. I, got, I, I mean, you know me how I am. I always like hearing the old war stories and hearing stuff about Andre and the Hart family to me was the, to me was the best. And I always love those types of stories. So we, we thank Marty. We're going to try and get him back. We're going to try and get him back yes, for part definitely. two. Part two, part three, part four. Yeah. Definitely, we could definitely do it, and we would love to have them. So, uh, real quick, guys, don't forget to follow the show. We are all over the place, but we're also on social media. M, and guess what? We're on Twitter. What? At Cut Wrestling. We're at Cut Wrestling BSP on Twitter, and the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. And where else? And uh, the Cut PW Podcast on Instagram. You, you yeah, almost man. had me. I wasn't prepared. Now listen, it's on Instagram. And guys, also Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. We are everywhere, guys. Please give us a five-star review. Give us some love. Follow us on our social media platforms. Follow us on the shows. If you write down follow on any of these platforms, you get notifications when we have new shows coming up. But big thanks to Andrew Fumi for always making us look better than we actually should be. We always appreciate it, Andrew. And M, and one, you know, one thing we, before we go, okay, one go thing. for it, guys. Make sure you go on on YouTube. Type in Marty Jones. There's plenty of stuff to 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 see there. The dude is really good. Like I, I can't under I can't oversell that. Like go on YouTube. Uh, go to his uh, Facebook and Instagram, Marty Jones, and you can see some of the training videos that he has up. Like I'm telling you, if you guys uh, uh, ever think about becoming a pro wrestler and you can make it there, definitely go, man. I, I would have killed for that type of instruction when I was younger. God damn. It was it was really good. Like every time I watch his stuff and, and him teaching people, I get goosebumps, man. I really wish I could get back in there. That That's how talented and, and, and thorough he is with his words, man. So and, definitely and- check it out. And if he, if you have the opportunity to catch him when he's doing his seminar in the states, find a way to get there. Find a get to where at the end he was talking about coming to New York. I would find a way to get there if I were you. Um, One last, one last thing, M. Obviously, you know we took last week off. We're back this week. We'll be back next week. And guys, guess what? Now that the world is sort of opening up a little bit, independent pro wrestling is coming back. We're going to be featuring some great names, not only from you know, obviously Ring of Honor and Impact like we've been doing. But we're going to be diving into the world of independent wrestling and interviewing the up-and-coming stars of professional wrestling. So don't miss out on it. Yeah, so t- tomorrow's stars will be on here today. So check it out. For Randy Zellia, BackSportsPage.com. Marita Rivera from Level 1 Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey. We'll catch you next time here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. Good night, guys.